Live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio, CAB Incorporated presents Celebrating Powerhouse Women. Now, here's your host, Amanda Pierch. Good morning, everybody, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Celebrating Powerhouse Women. Today, I am joined by Maureen Cornois. She is the Executive Director of the House of Hope here in Gwinnett. It is a Gwinnett Children's Shelter. Excuse me, I said that earlier, and I apologize. It's the Home of Hope. Please excuse me. How are you this morning? I'm doing great, thanks. Thanks for having me. Thank you for, have, or thank you for joining us, and thank you for being so flexible today. People that can't see us don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but we had a little bit of a challenge this morning, but we are powering through because we're powerhouse ladies. Okay, this show is brought to you by CAB Incorporated, and I'm just going to share a little bit about CAB really quickly before we start, Maureen. Um, CAB was established in 1982. And it has been a distinguished leader in manufacturing and global sourcing, serving a variety of industries, including infrastructure, hydraulics, automotive, and rail with their precision machined iron and steel products. As a woman-owned company, CAB is proud to be the presenting sponsor of Celebrating Powerhouse Women. The series is also brought to you in part by McCarthy Building Companies and Cat Rangers. All right, we'll dive right in if you're ready. Ready. Perfect. Well, the home of hope, what an astonishing name. It sounds like a hopeful place. Please share a little bit about the Home of Hope and the purpose. Sure. Home of Hope at Gwinnett Children's Shelter is a transitional living facility for homeless children from birth to 17 along with their young moms. We uh, morphed to Home of Hope um, from being Gwinnett, just Gwinnett Children's Shelter for more than 25 years. Uh, we did this, made this move about six years ago to address the huge homeless issue uh, growing in our community. And, and it is um, a growing challenge. I've mm -hmm. heard from, from many different people um, that it is far greater than what we can just see to the naked eye. Yep. Tell, tell a little bit about where it's located and about your role as the executive director within mm -hmm. the Home so, of Hope. So Home of Hope is located in Buford off 85 and Hamilton Mill Road. It's up off Tuggle Road. And uh, very unsuspecting, you wouldn't know if it was there. We're on 45 acres behind the gates out in the woods. We have a beautiful campus with sports fields, lighted basketball courts, walking trails. And uh, it's a very uh, lovely home-like environment where we can house as many as 20 families at a time. Um, so we have the capacity, uh, max max for us would be about 75 guests, which is an awful lot. But if I could back up for a minute, the homeless issue in Gwinnett is really what kind of drove this whole mission. Um, when you think about suburban poverty, when you say homeless, it's human instinct that we think of the person under the bridge in the inner city. But uh, I'm here to tell you that it's the beautiful young lady waiting your table at a local restaurant at lunch and going home to sleep in her car in a parking lot at night with her children or home to a shelter. And so this program was designed to um, address the, that huge homeless issue, uh, keep the family unit together and teach mom to fish. Uh, back in the fall, I attended a United Way event where um, United Way was touting numbers in Gwinnett County alone that we had approximately 10,000 homeless every single night in Gwinnett County alone. And the average age of a homeless person is six years of age. Six years old? Six years of age by United Way statistics this past fall. So when you think about who we're serving and the, you know, the young kids and the young moms who 
she's terrified to lose her kids and they're terrified to lose her and they fly under the radar sleeping in the lighted parking lots and things like that how do you address that issue so for us because a young lady finds herself homeless it doesn't mean she doesn't love her children and vice versa so um, home of hope was designed to keep that family together and get mom to independence by doing uh, structured, customized life skills for each young family coming in, a life plan, mm -hmm. a customized life plan, designed to take her from homeless to feeling a little more hopeful and transition into housing that we know she'll be able to maintain, sustain, and afford for having been through our program. Wow. Now, you mentioned several mm -hmm. things that were very interesting to me. And number one, you said teach to fish. Mm -hmm. And that is a fantastic term. You don't want to just simply provide for the family. You want to teach mm -hmm. her, as you said, through the program. And that's awesome that you offer the education piece. What is the length of time, you mentioned the program, that um, a family might go through that they're in from start to finish, mm -hmm. from being a guest in your home mm -hmm. to establishing their independence? So when a guest comes onto our campus, we do an assessment as to whether they're a situational poverty mom versus a generational poverty mindset. That determination kind of drives how long they're going to be with us. I'll give you an example. A situational poverty mom could be any one of us with a couple kids living paycheck to paycheck, has a job, a car, a checking account, and kind of knows how to navigate life, but is just living paycheck to paycheck and her apartment burns down and she didn't have renter's insurance. Mm. We call that situational, where she needs a safe place to be so she can get back on her feet, make sure that doesn't you know, happen again. And uh, Versus a generational poverty mindset is a young lady who has dragged pillar to post her whole life, typically with a mom and a grandmom, usually, uh, n usually, statistically no male figure in that in that household mm -hmm. and she's now 20 years old and had her third baby and mom and grandma say guess what you're gonna keep having these kids you got to go figure it out well she loves her children and they love her she 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 knows what she wants for them she sees it around her but has no idea of how to do it or how to get there because she doesn't know what she doesn't know nobody taught her mm -hmm. So we look for those young ladies, too, who are sick and tired of being sick and tired. Mm -hmm. And they're willing to hear, your way's not working. Try this Try way. This way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so uh, those young ladies come in, and the first thing we do is let our kids needs get met and assessed first. Those children have one job to do, and that's be free to be children. Oh, yes. You do not put adult issues on the shoulders of children. And if mom's sleeping in her car and has a third grader who's, what, eight, nine years old, he knows, she knows what's going on. Mm -hmm. She's told, you can't tell anyone at school. They'll take you away from me. They're terrified. They can't make friends. They can't have sleepovers. They can't go to sleepovers. Mm -hmm. It's just not fair. So our kids have that one job to do. They're free to be kids, arts and crafts, get out and play, smiles at every corner. And then mom is, uh, her customized life plan um, includes the life skills training, uh, resume writing, career building, um, right down to basic social skills, how to look someone in the eye and shake their hand properly. Mm -hmm. uh, we do mock interviews, um, financial management, oh, that's uh, great. consumer credit counseling, secondhand, uh, second chance checking accounts, things like that with our community partners mm -hmm. who teach those life skills. How to have healthy relationships, mm -hmm. avoid DV issues, domestic mm -hmm. violence situations. So um, yeah, it's designed around each young family to get them steps mm -hmm. you know I, I read a quote once uh, 
and it was the elevator to success is broken. You have to take the stairs, the stairs. one step at a time, and that's really when you come in. Um, I wish I could remember whose quote that was. <laughs> what? We'll have yeah, to look we'll it have up to have after. to look it up. Yeah. Um, so in taking care of the children, that just that spoke so near and dear to my heart, allowing them to be children. So many people don't realize how they're robbed of childhood being put through this experience. Mm -hmm. And it sounds to me what you guys have done at the home is create a little bit of a community for these mm -hmm. children while giving the mom or the parents resources. Right. You mentioned moms and children specifically. Is this only for women and children or are there males um, no. also in the program? No, we. Uh, it's only for uh, women and children women and children mm -hmm. okay and we have uh two five thousand square foot houses on the campus each house holds five families and then our main building is twenty three thousand square feet and we have 10 families in the main building that's more dorm style dorm so style. they come in and live there and then we they graduate out to the houses very neat i was thinking building. dorm style mm -hmm. whenever you mentioned that our roommate style mm -hmm. i imagine is each family in their own room mm -hmm. okay so they e have their own privacy mm -hmm. and just shared common areas right so in the main building each family has their own room which has its own bathroom so it might be a little bigger than a hotel room uh and then our, all our beds are twin beds so we kind of move space yeah beds around as mm -hmm. depending on the number of kids so i have a mom right now who has five children so she has two rooms the three older ones are in the room right next to hers and she's got mom and the two littles mm -hmm. in the room but it's it's fine so yeah. with the children that you have on campus um are they provided educational resources do they go to school is there some type of maybe mm -hmm. home schooling for lack of better terms program and maybe child care like if there's an infant how do so, you tackle those um our kids we're in mill creek school cluster the bus comes to the front gates oh, good. so they get on the bus go to and from school like everybody else um and come right home and come right home uh the daycare partners we don't do on-site daycare yet i'd love to be able to do that down the road uh and long-term vision planning mm -hmm. certainly um, but we have so many community partners who do it and do it well new odyssey adventures and learning kids oh. harbor um, so we put our moms give them those choices and they go visit and they that they, they can share if they mm -hmm. want if that they're resident of home of hope or not and sometimes some of the fees are waived for our moms the getting the kids into daycare okay. so we let those people do it the ones who already do it right. well well, that's mm -hmm. nice that you have resources right. and you're connected. Mm -hmm. What about like transportation? You mentioned not everybody would have a vehicle when right. they came to the home of hope. Is there something you mentioned like a hotel, like maybe a shuttle or something? Well, we have vans. Uh -huh. So each house, um, each building has its own minivan. So when a guest doesn't have a vehicle, they put in transportation requests, mm. usually a week in advance. And it's for work, medical appointments, things like that. Gotcha. Um, so they get on the transportation schedule and then we have staff who runs it um, as needed. Okay. We love when a guest come in who already has a car. Right. Yes. I have to tell you a story Please about do. our kids because before I forget, when we were talking about children, just uh -huh. being free to be children. Well, before Christmas, um, we had a group of, uh, well, we still do elementary kids, but a couple of these girls came in, they were fourth and fifth grade, came in off the bus and I heard them chattering down the hall and our director of operations uh renita w was out there and they were talking 100 miles an hour mm -hmm. and just excited about something coming into the holidays and she came down to my office and said you are not going to believe this and i said what was that all about and she said well the girls came in to say um 
that they were learning in school that there were homeless people out here in the suburbs, like out where we live, and that they needed shirts and they need slippers and they need shampoo and all these things. And Renita said, all right, well, we'll get you some so they could take it into school to Mm -hmm. be part of the drive. They had no knowledge that they were living in a shelter. Wow, that's no knowledge whatsoever. So I looked at Renita, of course, you know, I'm a big pile of mush anyway. My (laughs) eyes filled with tears and I was like, you need to pat yourself on the back and tell everybody in an email today that job well done mm-hmm. because our children don't don't they need like to know anything home. but they're safe and they're loved and they're happy mm-hmm. and they have a place yeah That's so sweet and it's something so simple uh, a basic human right might i say mm-hmm. having a safe place or a place that you can find a little bit of peace mm-hmm. and that is what you guys deliver at the home of hope mm-hmm. you and i were chatting a little bit before the show about your um career experience prior to becoming involved with the home and you mentioned that it was truly a, a leap of faith turning in this direction are you able to share a little bit with us about turning the turning point from your real estate career into How the walk of here. faith yeah for the mm-hmm. home of hope thank you for asking that it is a uh, journey of god-ordered steps for sure uh i was um before i had kids many years ago i uh, was in commercial real estate and then um i've lived in georgia almost 30 years now and uh i was home with the girls when they were young but always volunteered and led something ran something did something and as they got uh, a little bit older i would volunteer at the uh what's now north gwinnett co-op the food bank in buford and um, that's how I got into nonprofit management. Apparently, I have leadership skills. Some people call it bossy. I prefer <laughs> the leadership skills, powerhouse women. Mm-hmm. Powerhouse. And uh, I ended up being there first two years as a volunteer and the next eight as their executive director. Mm. And we built great things, did great things. And then um, the board at the children's shelter needed to go in another direction, and they weren't sure what. My name came up. They brought me over to the shelter. I truly thought to just tour, and they wanted to pick my brain. Mm-hmm. I wasn't looking for a job. I was very happy where I was. And next thing you know, I shared the idea, which is the program that we're now running. Before that visit was over, they said, well, we actually know who you are. We like the idea you have, and we'd like you to bring it to this campus, at which point I put up both hands, and this next is a quote. I said, oh, no, not me. Mm-hmm. It would be too big for me. I wouldn't know how. I don't. And they said, "Well, we think you would, and you'd be great for it." And yeah, go. You know, obviously, need a day to pray about it. And I knew when I left there that day, going back up Tuggle Road to my other office, I was sobbing mm. because I knew I had just been called to take on something that terrified me, mm-hmm. and I couldn't say no. I knew I'd have a life full of regret mm-hmm. if, if, if I had did. said no yeah. I knew I had just been called mm-hmm. so I called one of my sisters and was crying and you know telling her what happened she said to me I still don't get why you're crying and I was like it's too big it's yeah. 45 acres I don't know how it's not my background and she said to me and this was my aha moment uh, she said you have to remember that God doesn't always call the equipped but he does equip the called and you've just been called so you need to put your big girl panties on and get over it strap up your boots you strap up your boots uh-huh. and so I, I knew at that moment she was absolutely right I had it in me it just mm-hmm. terrified me and I didn't know how we were going to do it so and that was uh, I came on board six years ago this past April 7th and never looked back jumped in turned around remarketed rebranded mm-hmm. built a new program 
with this wonderful community in Gwinnett. There's no INT team. We have a great group at the shelter, a great group of supporters, a great group of go-givers mm. in our community um, who share the vision. Go, I was trying to wrap my mind around that. Go-giver. I'm familiar with yeah. go-getter. So go-giver yeah. meaning that they pour into they pour the in, home. The they pe- they mm-hmm. give. Okay. They give. They give their time, their mm-hmm. energy, their talents, people who believe and who have the means to give to those of us with our finger on the pulse of what's going on mm-hmm. and uh, with our feet on the ground mm-hmm. that they see and believe in the mission too and want to pour into Help. us. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now you mentioned um, like resources and I know as a um, nonprofit that mm-hmm. you're, you know, um, on a shoestring budget for lack mm-hmm. of better terms. How are you guys able to um, facilitate the programs? What what types of partners do you have that afford you the resources to continue to um, lead mm-hmm. the Home of Hope? So, um, much to people's surprise, we have zero government funding there. Um, so, that was part of going in this new direction six years ago. We um, uh, have no state funding and we um, rely solely on our business community, our yeah. civic communities, our religious communities. It was important that we invite Christ back to that campus, mm-hmm. whatever people choose to believe, and invite our church partners mm-hmm. who wanted to say, hey, we want to help mm-hmm. these homeless kids have a better trajectory in their lives. Yeah. And we believe in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So um, I would tell you we have grants and foundations is a large part. Individual donor support, large part of the budget, um, as well as uh, events. We do three large events a year and then fill in with community support. Fundraising events? Fundraising events. Okay. Mm-hmm. We, mm-hmm. If someone like myself of modest income and, you know, just has some time that they'd like to share, what what are some ways that just the average Joe could, could be a part of your mission mm-hmm. and could help in some way? Mm-hmm. Well, um, we encourage people to, if they can give something monthly, We there's no amount that's too small because when we all come together a little bit, we can do a whole Equals lot. A lot. Yeah. Yes. Um, we use volunteers on campus. Volunteer applications are on our website, which I'll share with you at the end of the show. Okay. Um, uh, we do that and background check everybody. So when moms are at life skills training on Wednesday nights, that's mandatory. The mm-hmm. kids go to kids club. Oh. We use volunteers to work in the garden, to yep. draw chalk, to ride bikes, whatever it is, do arts and crafts. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also use volunteers to, um, we call it nanny camp. <laughs> so if mom has a new job and her daycare's uh-huh. not in yet or she has a job interview, we'll invite vetted volunteers on to help take care of the kids while mom goes to interview. For a job. Or if mom's two weeks into her new job and the child's sick and can't go to daycare, we've seen it over and over again where mom's, you know, in, in worry of losing her job. Right. Um, so we'll bring nannies in because if your chances are if you're 12 months old and you've got a low-grade fever and a runny nose, you're teething, mm-hmm. but that child can't go to the daycare. You're right, yeah. So we'll use nannies to help so mom doesn't lose her job. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a meal program. We have a full commercial kitchen and cafeteria. Wow. So um, we do three meals a day, three snacks a day. People mm-hmm. can host food drives. Kids can host food drives, collect peanut butter, juice mm-hmm. packs. Yeah. Come mm-hmm. drop it off and we'll do a tour and a talk. So there's so many ways. What about for like career women like ourselves that, you know, you're wearing a beautiful pink blazer. I know I have several in my closet. Might be a little too tight for me or something uh-huh. like that. For the women who are um, getting their feet wet in the career mm-hmm. world, would donations of gently worn, you know, maybe business attire be 
something that you guys so would use? That's something we put a call out for when we need it. I have storage issues. So oh. we do have a mom's clothes closet right now with suits and things that we've taken should somebody need. Um, but because we have storage issues, we usually put a call out for those right when we need yeah. it. And we know, hey, Susie's a size 10. She's got a size eight and a half shoe. She needs X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And and we kind of control it just because we, we get so much. I didn't yeah. think about that. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. We don't, just don't have the storage uh -huh. for it. Yeah. So you mentioned kind of maintaining, you know, the home and it kind of being a collaborative, like family effort. And you mentioned gardening. That sounds mm -hmm. fun and that sounds peaceful. What about like the yard work and things like that? Do you yes. have some fellas that come out there and, and cut the grass for you? Or is that also a part of, you know, um, yes. the home itself that we, you take on uh, internally? So we have 45 acres. It's a That's lot, a lot of grass yeah. cutting and edging. We have a company who has never wanted any recognition, but they come out and do it for us for free. And it's solid ground landscaping. Mm, that's They've exciting. done it since I've solid been there. Ground. They come out and they're just amazing, um, wonderful that's how uh, they men give of God. Back to you. Yes, yes, that's how they give back. And then we fill in with volunteers doing pine straw and mm -hmm. you know planting flowers and things like that. So. On that many acres, there's always something that to can do. be done. Yes. yes. It sounds yes. like a farm. I'm going to have to come and take a tour. I have a, a, this grand image of these two homes that you've um, portrayed and then these 45 acres yeah. and a garden. I'll and show you the like video that. after okay. we get off. That's exciting. give you a better idea yeah. Yeah, to picture yeah. it. Uh -huh. um, let's see. You were talking about the programs that you, um, you guys have. Are they something that you personally create? Who do you work with for the, the programs that the women go through and then also um, how are your programs unique mm -hmm. um, from other shelters so um, our programs and the whole plan as I said years ago was an idea in my head so rehired the staff from within our director of operations Miss Renita Pollard uh, has a um, long history of working in a women's shelter in Tennessee and uh, we all sat once we rehired the team from within uh, everybody who bought into the new mission we worked as a as a team um, we gave them the outline here's what we're doing here's what it looks like and then together the residential advisors the RA staff who oversee the houses mm -hmm. and our, our guests in the evening and on weekends when most people are home um, everybody had a part of ownership we mm -hmm. wrote ha house rules they brought it to me if we didn't like something we rewrote it mm -hmm. Um, you know, Renita has a social work background as well. Oh, so that's great. Um, yeah. Yep. The case management piece was hers. And, you know, we had the advantage of um, writing this new, pr it was like a blank canvas. We got to paint it. Mm -hmm. And when we paint it and said, whoops, that was a mistake, we'd go back and repaint it. Mm -hmm. We didn't have someone telling us what we no, could and couldn't yeah. do. And um, that was a huge opportunity. Um, for us to customize things that the way we needed to. So six years later, we are um, still growing and evolving and something else comes up, like who saw COVID coming? Exactly. And, uh, you know, we, we bend Stick and with move. the wind. That's yeah. it. That's it. Yeah. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on it because it's mm -hmm. the only thing we've been hearing lately. But I did want to ask because you're in a, um, you know, I don't want to say group setting, but kind mm -hmm. of condensed um, communal, living. communal living how are you guys like what how are you guys mm -hmm. how are you so, guys doing that now that's a great question so uh, let me back up uh, a lot of there's no emergency shelter in Gwinnett right now the new home first initiative which I love we're a part we're good partners with Matt Elder and that whole group um, 
they postponed their opening. We are a transitional living shelter, not an emergency shelter. There's criteria for you to get in. You have to be willing to be able to go to work, even though nobody can right now. Mm -hmm. We understand that. Well, we're working around, amended our program. Mm -hmm. um, so um, what we had to do was our capacity is 20 families. We closed down house two up the hill and we're saving that should we get a test positive case. It is empty and clean. Okay. Nobody's in there. So yeah. now our capacity is at 15 families. Mm -hmm. When you first come on campus through the main drive, uh, there's house one, we call it house one. Um, that's where new intakes are going. We do an assessment, just a rough assessment. We're not medical people. Mm. We don't, you know, nobody's just symptoms. They have a fever. Yeah. We ask them questions. Um, everybody comes in like three families this week. We took two yesterday, another one by today, as far as I know. Um, but see, it's all different now because mm -hmm. the quarantine's lifted yeah. today. Everything's different. But we're putting them up there for two weeks, about 10 days to 14 days. As a precaution. If they're still yeah. not symptomatic, then they'll move down to the main building where the other families are and have been sheltering in place. Okay. So we keep them separate. Um, we also put hand washing stations. Everywhere. Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, on the wings. We've given yeah. our guests masks and gloves. Though we're a bigger threat to them than they are to us because they haven't left going. the campus. Yeah. And there was a lot of pushback from some of our guests in the beginning. You mean to tell me you can't leave? We're like, no, we can't tell you you can't. That's mm -hmm. kidnapping. You can, right. but you won't be allowed back. Right. There's a government. There's an order, order that yeah. you've got to be here. Mm -hmm. Plus, we have three meals a day, three snacks a day, play fields. Everything you, you need. We have diapers and wipes. Yeah. Well, what do you need? And if there was something that you needed, we invited our guests to make a list. We would get it for okay, them within yeah. the next 24, 48 hours. Yeah. We'll send one person out, those of us who are coming and going okay. to our homes and back. Mm -hmm. And then myself, it's been <laughs> the challenge for me is I'd love to see all the kids. Mm -hmm. And they all call me Miss Momo. And oh. they will run and hug, hug you yeah. without even knowing. Uh -huh. They don't know. So, at uh, meal times, I stay away from the cafeteria. I don't even go in because <laughs> yeah. it's just too hard yeah. for them. And um, Miss Momo. Kinda, yeah, I kind of stay away from. Um, uh -huh. I just wave to them through the glass yeah. and then keep going quickly because mm -hmm. you know that's the tough part. But. Yeah, they just know it's a germ. I said sidestepping really quickly. I saw this funny thing online where these grandparents and it was exaggerated. They wrapped themselves in bubble wrap or some sort of plastic and they put on a snorkel so that they could just give their grandkids a hug because they're in the Aww. high risk category and they gave them a hug and then they went to their car and they facetimed them and they were talking like right outside Aww. the house kids don't understand no. they still crave that affection no and that's so sweet it you you've made a wonderful impression upon them obviously mm -hmm. they speak so endearingly of you miss momo miss momo that's cute we had a, a young man um whose mom this when this all first came down and she's in the health field so um, he has special needs, a oh, little boy, he was about 10 years old. And every time he saw me, he came run and gave me a big hug. And I remember that first week I was like, oh, hey. <laughs> and then I was, and he's God's arms. Are, and you know what? You give him a hug and yeah. I say, Lord, God give bless everybody. Give him a squeeze, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> give him a squeeze mm -hmm. and pray. <laughs> yeah, that's all you can do. That's a prayer, do. A prayer in the wind. I would never tell a child, no, no, you know. Uh-huh. Well, you mentioned um, a couple of children that are near and dear to your heart. Um, how many kids would you say are, are there currently presently? Uh, we have about 28 kids right now. Mm -hmm. The youngest is now eight weeks, I believe. Wow. Of two little, little, little infants. Mm -hmm. And then um, the oldest is 14. And she's a joy bomb. She's just, I'm sure. they're great. And she probably takes on a, a different role, you know, that's more, she's, I remember when I was, 
a 14 or teenager you're in that in-between age you know you're not really quite an adult but you're too old to hang out with the little ones i bet she's a great help she's a good help for the little ones because her mom has there's five kids in that family and she does help with the little ones but we've also you know during the quarantine um the team has had the older kids come help sort through donations books that we received good. and separate them into age groups and they're so eager to Helpful. help yeah mm-hmm. that's exciting yeah. hey that's a good point too books you yeah, accept we, book no, donations, don't you? Yeah, new. We have new so book. many, actually. Okay. We're going to share with the new um, shelter down at Jimmy mm-hmm. Carter, the Home First. Mm-hmm. I have so many. So when we get blessed with a lot, we try and share, share. with other agencies. Yeah. Speaking of things, um, I, I want to give you the opportunity for anybody listening. If they are able to um, give anything mm-hmm. to your establishment, what are you guys in need of outside of funds? And we can go right. over a way people can donate at the end. Mm-hmm. But is there anything in particular that you guys are lacking that somebody could help you with? Mm-hmm. So one of the people who took leave during COVID was our coordinator of food services so um, we need cases of chicken and ground beef um, frozen like meals almost like lasagna or bags of frozen meatballs we can make lots of different Mm -hmm. things with those (laughs) Um, we like juice packs when you have that many kids coming Mm -hmm. in and uh, we go through juice packs and water bottles Mm -hmm. like crazy Um, healthier snacks Mm -hmm. Um, we like to see fresh fruit and Mm -hmm. um, uh, fruit cups and things like that uh, instead of always having chips and cookies yeah. you know so yeah there's always things we need cleaning supplies mm-hmm. um, and if someone wanted to now. maybe organize that and and get it, get it to you guys mm-hmm. would they simply just call the home of hope and say hey I have a donation and yep. can I drop it off and then you guys will accept it and yes Samantha will answer the phone she coordinates all that stuff and you we like drop off hours to be Monday to Friday between 8 and 5 30 um, just because weekends the gates are closed and mm-hmm. it's easier, you know, staff is limited. Right. So, um, but yeah, we drop it off anytime during the day. Uh, if you're coming in the evening because you're at work and can't come during the day, we mm-hmm. just make call us. We make arrangements and let the staff know to watch for you coming on campus to let you in the gates. I was just thinking, and this might be a wild thought because you said gate. Is there any type of security? Like, do you have like an actual person that we have maybe walks around in the evening time, mm-hmm. make sure everything's good to go we have awake uh 24 hour staff 365 days a year and awake overnight staff uh we do have rolling closing gates you have to be buzzed to let in Mm -hmm. at the entry down on tuggle road and uh, we also have an extensive security and camera system good so yeah everything's everything's good we got it what if there's a family member that wants to come and visit Mm mm-hmm somebody that's Great in the home of hope how would they go about doing that and do you allow visitors we don't allow visitors into the home um if grandma wants to come pick you up and go to chick-fil-a or go to the park they can certainly it. can okay. but we don't do it on campus simply for the privacy of our other guests makes sense yeah but they can leave and they can go and hang they out can leave do they don't have to okay. stay or you know they're not on lockdown at all they can come and go as they please uh-huh. we do have nightly curfew at nine o'clock mm-hmm. and our guests are required to be inside um nine o'clock the mm-hmm. gates closed nine o'clock nine o'clock yep or staying out yeah you're staying out that's <laughs> true kidding. unless you're at the doctor's appointment or uh-huh. somewhere yeah it's not it's a nine o'clock curfew uh, listen if you have five uh three kids under five you years no old where do you hours. need to be yeah I agree. dinner bath hair uh-huh. wash read a book go to bed Try and catch some sleep mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners about the Home of Hope and about um, how they can maybe participate or anything that you'd yeah. like to, to leave them with? So one of the things I like people to think about is um, this program was designed with a solution in mind. It's taking someone from homelessness, assessment where they are, giving the tools and the wraparound services they need in one location, to get them through to the other side. So when you do that, not only do you break that cycle for two generations at one time, because now mom knows how to navigate life, Mm -hmm. and mom's now gonna pass that on to her children. So they're not gonna know sleeping in their car or living in a hotel, because the choices mom made to work hard when she's there. Mm -hmm. Savings goals, by the way, I forgot to say that. Our guests are required to save between 30 and 50% of every single paycheck. That's fantastic. Our average guest leaves there with between four and six, $7,000 in a savings account when they go. That's a nest egg, it's a starting point, but Mm -hmm. they learn how to save and why it's so important. Um, But as a taxpayer, I would rather fund my program that teaches people how to get to self-sufficiency than to enable them to stay on a very broken system. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we had a mom uh, with three kids in there and she was upset one day because she um, was going to get a raise. It was going to be a little over $15 an hour. It was just enough that she was going to get kicked off her government government assistance. Mm -hmm. Well, that's frightening for her, but it's not okay when she leaves our program she she's not paying a penny to be in our program Mm -hmm. so for her the what's her success look like is it going to be transition to low-income housing or keep a part-time job only where she's not going to um exceed the earnings yes exceed the earnings so what does that success look like Mm -hmm. Um, the goal is to get people to independence and off the system so um, I work also hard behind the scenes, um, sit on a national coalition to help um, move the needle to get HUD's current definition of homelessness amended mm-hmm. to include transitional housing, which is currently not included in any HUD dollars, mm-hmm. federal dollars that come to the county level. Wow. So that's a whole nother conversation and it should probably involve wine and that's way too early. <laughs> but you are you are um, equipped to fight that battle though with your background and your familiarity with um, the, the housing market, with HUD itself and in your real estate background. I'm willing to be part of a solution, not part of a problem. Of a problem, mm-hmm. I like that. And uh, it really just shines through your passion for, for the home mm-hmm. itself. For anybody listening that would like to make a donation or they'd like to learn more about the Home of Hope, where can they visit um, you guys on the web or mm-hmm. how can they go about doing that? Our website is Home of Hope, www.homeofhopegcs, as in Gwinnett Children's Shelter, dot org. Home of Hope, GCS, dot org. Our office number is 678 546 8770. Samantha can um, take you from there. And uh, yeah, that's it. Come see us. I love to give tours, and we haven't been able to because of COVID, but mm-hmm. twice a month we do a come listen and learn and tour the campus and learn about the program. So we'll be starting that up again pretty quickly. Very well. I'm going to have to pay you guys a visit, Please. and I'll have to take a look at the video that you're mentioning mm-hmm. as well. Um, well, thank you so much, Maureen, for joining us. That was a powerful story. I know everybody out there listening is probably feeling that little tug at their heart to, to act in some way. So I hope that you guys are able to um, have reached someone that can be of assistance today through the program. I'm going to rewind just a moment, and I'm going to thank one of our partners here um, that helps facilitate this show, and they are Cat Rangers.
Cat Rangers is saving lives of cats and kittens one paw at a time. They are the special forces of cat rescue, and all of their felines recover in their lovely home-like center in Buford while they wait to find their forever homes. Cat Rangers is growing rapidly and is always seeking financial and volunteer support. Please contribute by visiting catrangers.org today. Yes, we love our partners at Cat Rangers. Um, are you a pet owner? Not anymore. Not anymore, no. Not anymore? Mm-hmm. Are there pets allowed at the home? At no. The, no, okay. Mm-hmm. That too would many just fears, too, too many yes, allergies. And allergies. And expenses we don't need. I understand. Like <laughs> like dog food, cat food. Vet I mean, bills. The, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's not in our budget. <laughs> so do you work with anybody? Um, have you ever encountered a situation where a family has come in? Maybe they had a, a dog or, or something? Or how are you able to? I did learn about it after the fact one time somebody had a cat and she had been keeping it in her car on <gasps> campus. And I didn't know for two or three days. But um, when staff found out they had... She called someone, uh, a family member, to come get the cat. Okay. Yeah. There's too, you know, people are afraid. Uh You know, we can't, we can't have that. Uh Can't do it. Plus, we don't want a mess in in the 45 acres that the kids play in. We don't want any, any cat. They live dorm styles and with other family. You can't, we, it's, we're not equipped for that, unfortunately. I understand. Mm -hmm. Well, for those of you out there who would like a furry friend, please visit catrangers.org. And again, Maureen, thank you so much for joining us today. She's with the Home of Hope in Gwinnett, um, the children's shelter. And um, it has been a pleasure speaking with you. And I look forward to seeing you again. Um, Before I go, I wanted to thank our other partners, who is McCarthy Building Companies. McCarthy Building Companies is a community-based general contractor specializing in healthcare, education, aviation, and commercial construction projects. They are committed to helping their clients achieve their short and long-term strategic goals. And the McCarthy Partnership for Women believes that diverse perspectives drive better outcomes, and they are thrilled to support the Celebrating Powerhouse Women series. Again, I wanted to thank you, Maureen, for joining us today. Thank you, everybody out there listening. If you have not already subscribed to our podcast, please hit that subscribe button. You can visit us at our home on the web, businessradiox.com, and our podcasts are available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Again, my name is Amanda, and you have been listening to Celebrating Powerhouse Women on Business Radio X. (laughs) 